<clears throat> okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Get all our noises out of the way. Yeah. I had some incredible burps just before I got on mic, so you guys really missed out. Why didn't you save them? Just, just some orange juice burps that, I mean, they rattled the walls. <laughs> Something about orange juice, I don't know. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon. We are a twice-weekly show about the show Too Beautiful to Live. My name is Mike Frizzell. I'm podcasting from the Deer Blind Studios of Manchac, Texas. And on Fridays, we bring you fun TBTL-related content like interviews with fans and themed clip shows. But this is Monday when we buckle down and recap, analyze, criticize, and sometimes even celebrate the content of the previous week's Shows I can't do this task all by myself, so today I'm joined from Sticker Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, by my i35 buddy Ann Lindholm. Hello, Ann. Hello, Mike. Fresh pies are coming out of the oven. Uh, that may be uh, there may be a um, an Easter egg about about uh, the content of those pies. Who knows? Uh, and also joining us from the decidedly not Aruba Studios in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, is my bestest buddy and Phantom Big Toe Pain. Bobby Pape, how's your tan? Uh, it's pretty good, but to show it to you, I would have to take off clothes and take pictures that no one wants to see. Mm, that's not a show pick. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should <laughs> stick to the not pies for the show pick. <laughs> right. right, I think people would much prefer the pies. Uh, as usual, we're going to handle our LRB business before recapping the week. Housekeeping will come a knock in later on to get us out of this hotel room, and we will also let you know uh, how to get involved with the show. So let's get all up in our business. Uh, Bobby, what's what's business looking like this week? Well, let's start with the Friday show that you just heard in your feed before this one. If it sounded familiar, it's because it's a favorite from a couple of years ago. Uh, and that is brought to you by the confusing and ever frustrating folks at the United States Postal <laughs> Service. <laughs> we have a new sponsor. <laughs> yeah. Other podcasts get stamps.com so you can avoid the aggravation of the U.S. Post Office. We just get the U.S. Post Office. Mm -hmm. um, and kindly took the reins of putting this show together and putting it out because I was off in Aruba not thinking of any of you. Um, and uh, tell us why you picked this Friday show to come back out into the feed. I don't know. I just did. Well, could it be that it was uh, pumpkin spice related and it, it, it is October, Halloween? It could. It could have that been BS? that. It could have been that. It could also be that now that I have actually met Treasure in person, um, her interview means so much more to me because I can put it in context with the person that I know and mm -hmm. her uh, very nice husband and her adorable young daughters. So I enjoyed listening to it with fresh ears. Mm -hmm. I think I beat uh, Emily and I beat you to the punch on meeting Treasure and her husband, but we did not meet the daughter as they uh, ditched the daughter for their Austin uh, <laughs> adventure. <laughs> we oh. did go to the same place for brunch that uh, that Anne that you joined us for. So oh, excellent! Yeah, delightful people, lovely people. So. 
if you heard the Friday show back in 2015, I think it was, because you're a longtime Wagoneer, I'm sure it's worth the re-listen. And if you're a newer listener to the show, make sure you listen to Friday's show for the very first time, because either way, it's a gem, and we're glad to share it. And listen to the first three and a half minutes where I try not to cry while I explain why <laughs> my plan didn't work out. <laughs> We have to uh, reevaluate the way the uh, sisterhood of the traveling microphone gets from guest to guest. Mm-hmm. There's an no. issue there. <laughs> Mike, before we get into the weekend review, you've got a story for us. Absolutely. It was a um, pretty ambitious week uh, here in Manchac. I decided to have my first uh, outing, like uh, driving out by myself in the world. And to accomplish this, um, I, I let Emily know all I needed was for her to um, follow me out to the car and just take my wheelchair and put it in the garage until I got home because I had like three different drive-throughs that I had plans. Was uh, Arby's one go. of them? One, <laughs> Arby's was first stop, uh, of course. Whenever I get out of um, whatever rehab situation that I'm, I'm in, uh, Arby's beef and cheddar is first thing on the list. I also was going to go get my own prescription at the drive-thru pharmacy, and I also um, was going to drive through. There's a drive-thru liquor store in Hayes County, which actually um, I I mistook for a coffee place for a long time. I I thought it was the Mad the Mad uh, Roasters, and I thought it was the biggest drive-thru coffee place in the world. It's actually the Mad Rooster, and it's a liquor store, and I had to go there to replace the six-pack of beer of Emily's that I drank four of um uh in the in, since i've been home from the hospital so um so the the errand went well but here here's what happened before the errand i i, I let emily know all i needed was for her to put the wheelchair in the garage and then come meet me with the wheelchair at at the door of the car when i got home so we we wheeled down the ramp in the garage that she had built for me very sweetly had built for me and then um and then we were, I was in the driveway and I was wheeling down the driveway and, uh, all of the sudden I was pitching forward in my wheelchair. Um, and I landed, I, I had it, I had, um, like a bag in my, in my lap. Cause you know, when you, when you go out, you're going to get uh, groceries and Arby's or whatever. You might want to bring some things home. So the bag hit the ground and then, um, Fortunately for me, I'm still a strong enough uh, and young enough man where I caught my I caught myself on my hands before smashing my face and pumpkin into the directly into the driveway. Um, it's a sort of a downhill slope, but not a severe slope. But I I was pitching forward and I and I landed like that and I was in like push up position for the next minute minute and a half. Seemed like longer, but I, I'm told it was only only a minute minute and a half while Emily figured out how to put me in some kind of a chokehold and and pull me back up into my wheelchair um so i after after she pulled me back up i wasn't hurt uh the um my prosthetic um the fabric that that creates one of the fabrics the neoprene um sleeves that that fits over my um, prosthetic to keep it in place was torn and damaged. Luckily I have a replacement for that. They give you two. 
but I was otherwise unhurt. I mean, I was not hurt. Just shook up, and Emily was really shook up about it, too. Um, but I, I, you know, I I gave myself a minute in the car. And I was like, "Am I hurt?" You know, uh, but I, I wasn't. So that's the that's the good news of the story. And but what I have to tell you all is, I looked at, back at the driveway when I got in my wheelchair, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Th- there was nothing there to have pitched me over. So unless Emily did it just for giggles. Um, I can see it. There, there was there was not much of an explanation for it, uh, but when later when I was looking at my looking at that tear in in the prosthetic, I I was thinking, you know what? Because I I've had small, not I wouldn't say pitching forward incidents, but like where my wheelchair would stall because my my shoe would get under underneath the front wheel. Because I don't have, I took off the attachments. You know, you know how the, the, you have attachments where you would put your leg if you had one. Uh huh. Right. You know, so yes. I I don't need those. So, so I those are not on there. Silver lining alert. So I can you know pretty much go racing around you know unencumbered by those those pieces of of metal. And I figured out that it was my own shoe that got under my wheel as I was wheeling down the driveway and that's what caused me to pitch, pitch forward and get dumped out of my wheelchair. And it's good to know because now I know to just take it easy, you know, take it easy turbo when I'm, you know, cause I was, I guess I was kind of showing off, feeling good being outside, you know, <laughs> get to go on a big trip, you know? So, uh, I have since been out again and, and, didn't do that, so that was a good. But uh, I heard a story. The like the next day, my nurse was coming, and she was um, coming to pretty much just discharge me from care because I don't really have any any wounds or any physical problems that require a nurse anymore. So she was she was in here. She's a blast. I love this lady. Emily loves her too. And and we were we were talking with her about. Um, the incident and I was saying, well, I feel lucky that I had a nurse coming the next day just in case I did, you know, damage myself. But she said that, um, at the nursing home where she treats some patients, um, they, they have had an, they had an incident one time cause they, they also, uh, often take off those attachments and the nurses or the nurse assistants or, you know, the workers there, have to wheel the patients um, down the hallway to get their food. And they try to go pretty quickly. And there was an incident where a woman who had a an actual foot, because uh, they tell them, put your feet up, you know, keep your feet up while we're pushing you. A uh, woman did not maintain feet up integrity, and the wheelchair ran up the back of her leg, dumped her out onto her noggin, and tore up the entire back of her leg, oh, and my no. nurse had to be called to 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 treat her her leg for weeks and maybe months after that. So, this is a thing. If you ever get stuck in a wheelchair, people, watch out. Uh, if you take off the attachments, you can roll up on your own leg. It didn't didn't hurt old 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 Clip Clop's leg because it was a fake leg. Um, it did damage <laughs> it did damage the fabric of of my of my uh, prosthetic, but 
uh, yeah, that was a, it was an exciting day. And I think Emily was really shook up as well. Probably just as much shook up as me because she, she, I don't know if she was looking at her phone or something, but she said that, um, she just looked up and, and all of a sudden I was on the ground <laughs> and she was in a panic cause she thought I hit my head, but I didn't. So I have questions. Sure. Uh, the first question is, do you just refer to everyone all of us who have legs now as people with actual legs and actual feet. Normies. Normies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the, I'm glad my nurse told me that story because I was, you know, in no way can I feel sorry for myself anymore about, right. about that incident. You know, I didn't even scrape my hands. So it was pretty incredible outcome for me. Fair enough. Uh, second question. Um, you were pitching forward. Are you sure you weren't just trying to tip your pitches to teach meat a lesson about life? <laughs> yeah, Emily should have. If she was looking at her iPhone, she could have seen the pitch coming. <laughs> it's a joke for three people. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> three people in who? The Red Sox or the Yankees? I can't remember which team it was. Yeah. It had to be one of those cheating, lying teams. The, the Red Sox were the ones with an Apple Watch that clearly helped them because, you know, they got their handed to them again. Uh, and I think just because we've talked business pretty extensively with Mike's story, maybe we'll skip the details on the pies. If that's well, okay. I don't get equal time. <laughs> <laughs> if I had gone face first me- into a pie, it would have been a... a would have been a lovely story for me <laughs> hey all right fine tell us about the pies and i no I wasn't it's kidding. fine doesn't it's fine i'm fine and i'm when a woman says say fine like that she's clearly not fine <laughs> yeah. believe me i know it's fine i'm fine the higher it gets it sounds extremely familiar to me um yes and i'm not going to say anything about aruba except that i'm glad to be back so if you want to see eight million pictures go to instagram or go to facebook um, we have some throw your phone moments from this week. As always, thank you everybody for your feedback. And I believe they're all sort of tied to specific day conversations. So, and unless I'm missing something, we can probably hit those as we go. That is correct. All right. Well, Mike, could you dust yourself off and get us started with our week in review? <laughs> Absolutely. Monday, 2485, a five apple room for three and a half apples. Monday was so long ago now, and it, um, <laughs> I have no idea what that title, uh, where the title even comes from. So maybe we'll hit it uh, somewhere somewhere in these notes. Uh, the pets are on lockdown because Olive has brought another rabbit into the house and seemingly leaves the rabbits unharmed, but they do get in uh, nooks and crannies that the cat. I guess can't get into, which is in this case would be under the couch because um, uh, Rudy was freaking out, which I mean, our dogs, if there were any, any woodland creature under any of our furniture, <laughs> they would be circling it like sharks and, and going crazy like Rudy. Um, they got to do something here, right? I mean, how many incidents with this cat, like getting stuck on the roof in the, in the trees bringing animals dead and alive into the house um how how 
is the is it is there just unlimited tolerance for this? I I think so because the only solution I see to this is to make her an indoor cat and that's clearly not what they want to do. So at some point I mean, they can freak out over the dead birds and the rabbits all they want, but it's just going to keep happening. They're going to have to make some sort of peace. <laughs> to paraphrase a popular Onion headline, there's no way to prevent this, says only house where this regularly happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, 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 it brought it even more into focus when I was watching the, um, the Hey Dummies video this week and just looking at what a lovely house they have and and just thinking, I don't want... You know, if we ever get get this house in order, we're going to have a lovely house here too. And I don't want, I don't want bloody, you know, bloody woodland creatures being dragged around in here. So I think I don't know. I guess just different mentality. I think some of this must be coming from Carrie being, you know, raised sort of in the country, where it's just that's what cats do. That's what they are. So. I get the feeling that Luke would be malleable either way, but Carrie is probably on the side of let cat, let the cat run wild. The problem with having barn cats is not having a barn. <laughs> right. So they bring everything into their barn, what they feel is their barn, right. which is your lovely, lovely house that you spent a lot of money remodeling. Have you seen, by all the right. way, the, all the before and after pictures that Carrie has been adding to on Facebook. My favorite is there's a there's a before and after of the front facade of the house and as if the color and the landscaping weren't enough to drive it home. In the before picture Rudy is clearly taking a shit. <laughs> and in the after picture Rudy <laughs> is just happily sitting up in front of the house. <laughs> I will I that is worth looking at. I, yes. I I did see her post the pictures and I looked at the ones that were, you know, um on the front page, but that's, that's worth a dive. <laughs> I'm going to go in and watch and take a look at that. That sounds great. They, um, they both pull clips from Charlie Rose independently of each other. They both pull clips from Charlie Rose having, um, the monsters of podcasting on his show. Did he have more, more than Andy Bowers or was it just an Andy Bowers a thon? There, there were several of them. I forget who all it was, but it was all about the real podcast boom. Right. Andy Bowers is the only one with the, the balls to charge for extra content um, on Slate, though. <laughs> Someday what's I the, might what's become the a Slate Plus Panoply. member. Yes. Slate Plus membership, yeah. Um, Andrew brings up the jazz music ring out again, which I can't hear again. And if he brings it up again, I'm going to climb down the line and strangle him. Um. Andrew and and David Burbank seem to be becoming very fast friends. They're spending a lot of time together um, and seem to really enjoy each other's company. And it's it's kind of cool to watch two dudes become friends like that, I thought. I think um, so. It's like they're, uh, they're growing mutual connection over the Browns. It's like <laughs> they have to – they found somebody else they can sit by in the lifeboat, you know? Right. This would have the been... Browns are the fertilizer of their of their blossoming friendship. What the Browns Joe Biden are that you know, would call shitty your, soil. Your butt buddy, your <laughs> your guy in the trenches with you. In the foxhole. Let's not yeah. go back to that again. 
Yeah, I would say that you probably do bond more. Like a couple of New England Patriots fans probably don't bond as much because they're just always high fiving and 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 feeling superior. But when you're when you're getting shit on every week, you know, it's more of a more of a bonding situation. I this think. is so, why yeah. Bills fans carry so heavy. You know, you can find Bills uh-huh. fans in every city because they they commiserate well together. That's right. They you can tell by their posture, you know, <laughs> the way they down talk themselves. <laughs> oh, uh, Bills yep. fan, right there. All you know. true. Um, Kate gets a shout out during this dazzling donor segment. Um, friend of the show, Kate Bergstrom. I was happy to hear that, um, and for her to get it so early in the year, so we don't have to worry if our some of our friends are ever ever going to get their their shout outs for their donations. Uh, am I right, Anne? I'm and... just waiting for Meredith now. Oh, right. It's Meredith. It's Meredith who right. <laughs> never gets a shout out. She could, she could underwrite the entire show, um, for a year and you know, she could, she could be the sole donor and so somehow she will still get passed for her, uh, donation. Uh, the top story is a, Fun one. Uh, I think someone posted it to the Stens page on Sunday, and I was like, oh, yeah. And they, they said, like, uh, who's taking bets on what the top story is going to be on Monday? <laughs> and it was the Rick and Morty Szechuan sauce story, which is a pretty amazing, pretty amazing story. I just uh, – it seems like someone at McDonald's kind of really gets it, you know, this the, cult, the cultness of Rick and Morty, but they didn't – Here's my guess. They didn't have enough. They couldn't explain it to the people that needed to back it enough. You know, like, no, 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 you don't understand. These people, <laughs> these people are nuts about this show. They are going to come out and draw. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Send, send a few sauce packets, a couple of posters. Everything will be great. No, 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 no. No, this show is a phenomenon and for good reason. It's a fantastic show. And there's a lot of smart people that, that, that love the show, but you're going to get some hop ons, um, with any, especially a cartoon show that people, you know, people like cartoons and a lot of dumb people will watch any cartoon and a lot of dumb people will go raise hell about not getting a packet of Szechuan dipping sauce for their nugget or a, uh, Rick and Morty poster or stamp. Somebody said they had stamps or something. I didn't see that part of the story. Yeah, I I heard something. Stickers, maybe? Stickers. Yeah. Well, it was a a great story. I love that story. Um, I'm a Rick and Morty fan. Bobby, I know you are, and you don't get TV, so you probably (laughs) haven't watched any Rick and Morty yet. Well, I get TV. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, you know, if it's not a a CSI or a... Mm -hmm. Um, sourced with the crowd or Michael Weatherly vehicle, I don't get to see it. Or you, or it's a Twins Yankees game, and you will not watch it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> What's the point? Well, when it uh, when it when it uh, finally reaches you, I, I think you will very much enjoy it. Um, Top story two, uh, what to avoid at chain restaurants. They never really get to <laughs> They didn't. <laughs> any of the actual story. They just talked about things that grossed them out. 
They they got stuck on straws. Right. Right. And hey, someone needs to explain this to me. And uh, I never had like my straw and my brother's straw, my sister's straw growing up. We didn't have straws in our house. In fact, I'm very anti-straw. Don't get me started on on straws. I'm anti-straw for non-cleanliness reasons. I just think they're – I don't – yeah. I, I will get politically incorrect really quickly um, on the subject of straws. But the, the, did you guys have straw dedicated straws growing up? What is that? How do you get? How do you ever get them clean without a bottle washer? I think we must have, because I know that we had a couple of crazy straws at home. I uh-huh. don't remember them being assigned to any particular person. But the way you get them clean is that you squirt soap down them and then you run water through them. It's not that hard. But without a bottle washer, how do you get the crazy part clean? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the water because everything the gets soap caught in the crazy there. part. Nah, the, those, no, it goes uh, in one oh, end okay. and goes around the loops and then comes out the bottom. Oh, I'm mistaking a crazy straw for a bendy straw. Well, they are bendy that, straws. No, 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 no. There's no, no. two different things here. There's the yeah. straw with the bend in the neck, one one right. angle. And uh-huh. then there's yeah. the straw with, you know, that looks like a roller coaster with the loopity loops. And the, the they're loops, like the yeah. harder plastic straws. Right. Mm-hmm. I can see I can see where you get the loop one clean with that method, but... But the bendy straw, you got to throw that shit out because that that that's your all your gook is going to get caught in the bendy part. Well, but those you those can bendy clean straws, the bendy part. Mm. I think those bendy straws are usually disposable. They're usually plastic yeah, one time use, versus the yeah. roller coaster fun straws. You know your your twenty seventeen Happy New Year glasses straw. Uh, and how fun is it actually after your first couple <laughs> uses? That's a it's pretty predictable. It's a, your the your Dr Pepper's going to go through the the curves, and I ha that's delightful the first couple times. But um, straws, I I can't I can't go on about straws. I will not. Well, talk I think about people straws. feel differently about straws when they're four versus when they're forty. <laughs> I think they're more fun before but, your frontal cortex is completely developed. Is there a delight factor after the first few times, no matter, I mean, if when you're young? I mean, how much sure. did you enjoy these straws? Children are easily amused, Mike. Okay. 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 I'll get yeah, off I, the straws. I did just write pipe cleaner in giant letters in my notes. Mm-hmm. If you yeah, really pipe. must clean a straw, if you have those metal <laughs> straws, there are ways to clean them. And I understand that, that if you invest in one of those like hard plastic crazy straws, I mean that's probably a few dollars. That you know that buck isn't thirty nine. Yeah. So Sorry. yeah, as a cheap person, I would probably be looking to to extend the life on those. But um, but crazy straws, people, you got to throw those away. No, just, no, bendy straws, bendy just, straws. Uh, checking Amazon right now, we've got a. Uh, uh, Crazy Loop Straws, pack of 50. <laughs> Crazy, silly, colorful, reusable drinking straws, mega pack, BPA and PFOA free, eleven ninety nine. Pack of 50. That, you shouldn't, <laughs> that and reusable shouldn't be in the same description. <laughs> that's, uh, that's one a week. That's one a week for a year and you're on your own for Christmas and Easter. 
Oh God! And well, and then there's the there'll be the the frequent hospital stays with like upper respiratory infections, and you know that'll save you that'll save you wear and tear on the straws. <sighs> I don't know. I think we're so, worrying about this too much. I it's not a straw, but I have a coworker who has a plastic spoon from the frozen yogurt place across the street from us that closed almost two <laughs> years ago, and she says. She has never once washed this plastic spoon. She keeps it in the drawer and she just pulls it out and she eats her yogurt or her applesauce or something. And then like she wipes it with a napkin and puts it back into the drawer for the next time. And at this point, she is perversely proud of the fact that she's never washed it. And it does not apparently seem to be causing her any sickness. Hmm. Have you ever been to her house? Does anybody kiss her on a regular basis? She's married. Oh. Does he know about this? This spoon? <laughs> uh, she probably has. Uh, he's she probably has a whole drawer full of them at so. home. Okay. Yeah, he's he's an engineer and an extremely cheap person, so I'm sure this is a move he would applaud. They probably share a spoon at dinner. Probably. <laughs> Just uh, because I think it's worth mentioning a couple of things about what to avoid at chain restaurants. Okay. Um, yeah, since they didn't do it. <laughs> right, and I didn't see the article. I'm just going to go with my gut instinct here. And Mr. Slice, if you've got anything you want to add. Oh, I, I have one big one, yes. <laughs> um, I would say just never stray off the beaten path. So if you see a menu item and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. it's weird that this pizza place has, <laughs> um, you know, like a shrimp and cheese bake on uh-huh. the back corner of their menu. Just don't order anything that no one else is ordering. Stay down the middle so that you're not getting something that's being pulled out of the deep freeze or that's been sitting on the prep bar a few days too long. Yeah, at the very least. I mean, if you're not going to get sick, you, you there will be some sort of quality drop off with ingredients that aren't, you know, that are gathering gathering dust. But um, it's funny you should mention shrimp because the, the pizza place where I worked in high school, um, we had shrimp as a as a topping. Uh, the ingredient number was eight. And whenever you saw an eight, you were like, oh, God, because you had to reach your hand into the into the shrimp can, which, you know, one of these cans seemingly lasted almost the entire my entire like four or five year stint at <laughs> at this oh. restaurant and increasingly smelled worse. And it was just not a uh, because it just wasn't ordered enough. And right. Yeah, Bobby, if if you see stuff on the menu that that just doesn't seem like I mean it it may sound good in the moment like oh yeah, I, I, like you said a shrimp bake or something. That sounds pretty good, but I I've never seen anyone in this restaurant ever order it and I think I'll I think I'll just get a ham sandwich instead or something, you know. Um your your advice is is right on point on that. Oh. Um and then similarly, the fruit in your drinks thing. Now, when we were in Aruba, not to brag, I did notice that the entire time uh, a bartender would be prepping fruit for his or her mm-hmm. bar. And I saw this on several occasions. He or she would be wearing rubber gloves. And I was amazed because I have never seen a bartender put on gloves to do fruit before. What I have mm-hmm. seen is are some pretty grody cutting boards and the same knife that gets used for everything behind the bar get pulled out to do fruit. And so whenever I have the forethought to ask, 
or if I'm asked, I always say no fruit. You know, if I'm right. at a nice bar or something, and I'm ordering a mixed drink that has fruit in it as part of the drink. That's fine because you're you're whole hog in at that point. But um, if it's if you get a diet, you know, and they like to throw the lemon in there, so they know which one's the diet. Maybe just no lemon, please. Mm-hmm. Solid. Yeah. yeah. Keep your eye if if you have a chance to keep your eye on on your beverage server, then. You know, you you make those calls, but I uh, just thought that was a very interesting top story. It, it was probably um, the least delved into top story in in history because the, I don't think they quoted one item. Yeah, <laughs> one item on on. I think the any, straw was the first thing on the list, and that was as far r- as they got. Right. So there, I, I think I was expecting specific. You know specific stuff from big chain restaurants you know that was kind of what, mm-hmm. what i was led to believe and we didn't get any of that so which is fine because i don't want that in my mind anyway because if they it would break my heart if they named off the beef and cheddar and then i would just be <laughs> crying into my curly fries um let's see uh there's an email about tipping hotel clerks which uh we'll talk about um i think more on on friday but um there's a lot of talk about andrew's shyness about uh tipping which i i don't kind of get the shyness about tipping i mean i would have more shyness about not tipping like i feel like i'm a baller when i tip in in you know like i don't know i feel i feel good about myself when i tip i don't feel ashamed which Andrew finds new ways to feel ashamed <laughs> all the time. It's crazy. Well, I can understand what he's talking about from my own perspective. I am very uncomfortable with the concept of being waited on because it creates that customer server dynamic that I don't think I'm better than anybody else. And I feel really weird when people are subservient to me. And if I am tipping someone, that creates the superior inferior thing that makes me super uncomfortable. So I think that's where he's coming from. You need to keep in mind that, that uh, they don't mind. <laughs> the, right. The person doesn't mind that dynamic if they're, you know, if it means that they can, uh, they can pay the rent. Right. And so I have tried to kind of, figure out a way to be okay with that for like tipping my massage therapist she has Mm -hmm. a lot of school and she's a professional and I put my body in her hands literally and Mm -hmm. it's sort of it feels weird to tip afterwards because it feels like we're equals but I do it because it's a good thing to do a nice thing to do Mm -hmm. but it does take a little bit to get my head around it I will say I have got a, gotten exactly one massage in my life, and it was from Emily's best friend, who's a massage therapist. And it, you're right, it did feel weird. Like, I, I think I gave her like twenty or twenty five bucks or something, and and I was like, I just gave cash to my wife's best friend. This feels mm-hmm. really, this feels really weird for putting her hands on me. You know, it's like. Eh. Mm. The um the place that Sam goes regularly, and I go sometimes. Um, they have envelopes at the front desk mm-hmm. so you can take an envelope in with you and put the cash in it and just leave it oh, in gotcha. the room after, or you can write a note on it and give it to the front desk to give back to the massage therapist. Yeah. So it's a little less 
transactional. Yeah. Yeah. And they do, they do have to leave the room, you know, while you're putting your pants back on or whatever. So might as well. Well, unless you take advantage of that time. Yeah. Uh, I, my favorite part of this conversation was Andrew, because this is about the 20 in the hotel. Yeah. We'll get more into it later, but the reaction when Andrew says, is this a tip or is this a bribe? And Luke just goes, yeah. You know, like Luke doesn't care if it's a bribe. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is. It walks that line. Yeah. For sure. Um, but I think how I would justify it, I like they're not going to give away someone else's room to you. It's just some extra inventory they have, you know? Well, we'll get there because I'm going to. I've never done this, but I want to try it. Okay. The one we'll talk about on Friday? Yeah. Okay. Um, No point conversion. Andrew uh, is describing a play that Earl Thomas made during the game, and no one seems to recall the the Malcolm Smith batting the ball out of the end zone. I think it was on a Monday night or Sunday night football game. It was during a stretch of um, when the Seahawks were getting a pretty – they were on a pretty incredible run of favorable missed calls from the officials. And the reason that I remember the particular play, um, and, and it may not have even been Malcolm Smith, but it was uh, it, it was a Seahawks linebacker. Uh, it might have been Bobby Wagner, K.J. Wright, not sure. But um, there was a picture taken from directly across where the referee was watching the, watching the linebacker tap the ball out of the end zone. So either the referee did not know the rule or um, in, in my, in, in my imaginary land that I want to live in um, the referees were um, in the bag for the Seahawks. Uh, Cause I want to live in that world where we get all the breaks ha. and uh, and I don't, I don't mind if there's money changing hands for us to win. Um, Luke um, in the, in the, in the service of describing this play, Luke says hair's breadth. And so I was I was thinking of you, Bobby, um, because he didn't use that other term that, that, <laughs> that you don't like. Uh, thank you. Yes. And it is, well, it is in is, my notes for the show, but I'm not going to say it here. Hair's breadth at least makes it um, universal. Everybody has yeah, accessible. A, a, a hair somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, we all have those hairs somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily need to be someone of a particular um, hair color. Um, Andrew brings up the the Dazzling Donor music ring out again. Again. During the no point conversion. I'm going to kill him. (laughs) I'm going to kill him. and, And he'll be like, why, why? And the last thing he'll... Last thing you'll he'll hear is ring out, motherfucker, and I will put my fist through his brain. Sorry. Uh, peace and love, Andrew. But never again with that. Um, I think that's uh, that's all I have for Monday. Anything else in in y'all's notes for for that one? Can I add in the uh, throw your phone comment from Bree? Oh sure. That. Uh, had to do with the no point conversion. She said, Andrew's describing oh, the Browns 
Yeah, Andrew's describing the Browns trying to score, and he claims that, quote, it was like there were magnets in the end zone that were repelling the ball, like they were the opposite charge of the ball, unquote. <laughs> While it may not have made me throw my phone, it did make me wonder if Andrew has ever said, fucking magnets, how do they work? Because if the ball and the end zone were the opposite polarity of each other, they actually would have been attracted to each other. Oh, science. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bree is the first to point out an ongoing theme uh, in the misunderstanding of basic scientific contents or co- uh, concepts that will continue on Tuesday. Uh, and that is number 2486, Herkimer the Kissing Bandit. Uh, Luke has come from the dentist's office. In fact, he just came from Carrie's family's dentist out in the boondocks, wherever that was, 30 minutes away, as opposed to uh, locally in Bellingham. And it's been a kind of a, an ongoing struggle between the two of them because she wants so desperately for him to go to this dentist so that they'll be more of a team, in Luke's words. And uh, I have a theory on that, Anne. I, I think she wants to spy on his dentistry. She wants to know what's going on in his mouth. <laughs> You think so? I mean, am, am I am I wrong? Do our spouses sometimes they they want to know? You know, like <clears throat> they might want to go to the same doctor as you, so they could say like, "Hey, you know, is my husband being honest with me when he says there's there's no no problem with him eating seven beef and cheddars, you know, a week?" <laughs> I'm pretty sure your and doctor, the doctor isn't allowed say, no. to talk to your spouse about that. I think well, if you if you've if you've signed the paper, you you can, yes. Oh, like, and if, if you've got one of these backwoods uh, family doctors, they're gossips. You know that. Yeah. Like when, when you go into the hospital or I, I think when even when you start with a new doctor or something, you can list family members or whoever you want that they can share information with. And unless Luke specifically like says, no, don't tell my wife anything, then he's probably going to sign that paper and they they would tell him all about the horrible things going on in his molars. Yeah, but why would Carrie want to know that stuff? Um, wives, honey, wives. <laughs> I guess that explains why I'm not one because <laughs> I am so <laughs> uninterested in that. <laughs> if you ever find out a, if you if, if you ever get uh so interested in a guy that you care about what's going on inside his mouth and whether he <laughs> sticks um old yogurt spoons in there, then, uh, then you'll know you're in true love. Okay, I'll be on the lookout for that little signpost. <laughs> so, hey, listeners, let me let me know. Uh, do you, do you think there might be some some espionage that she wants to perpetrate? <laughs> Otherwise, why go to, to this weird dentist in a smaller town than the one you live in that plays weird music? So they'll be more of a team. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense, but I don't know. More of a team. But Luke is excited because instead of being the uh, backwoods dentist, they were playing trap music in the office. So that's pretty cool. And then Andrew doesn't know what trap music is, so they have to play a bunch of examples. It's um, a music that you'll only listen to if you're trapped into doing a recap of a podcast. <laughs> um, then 
there's this ridiculous conversation about how Luke is worried that the old dentist is going to feel rejected that he stopped going to them because, of course, the new dentist is going to have to call over for the x-rays and the records. And now the old Um. dentist is going to know that Luke abandoned him, which, again, is just this is a thing they've come back to before about, like, uh, if they're eating at a restaurant and the, they think the server is going to be offended if they don't order dessert or something, they just have no concept that your server doesn't care. It's your business. dentist's office doesn't care. They have so many patients who come and go mm-hmm. all the time for all sorts of different reasons. It doesn't matter to them one way or the other what you do, Luke. I'm sure they'd like your money, but they'll be happy to get their money from somebody else. I, I will so say that there is one instance where that, where they might care. And that's if, um, if the person is extraordinarily hot, because <laughs> like if a, if an extremely attractive woman stopped coming into my restaurant, I'd be disappointed, you know, if, and, and, and on the other side, I've had instances where like waitresses uh, and managers would be like, why doesn't that guy come in anymore? He was so hot. So that's really it. So Luke, don't worry about it. But if they if they didn't order dessert, folks like us don't have to worry about it. If you had like a super hot lady at your restaurant, and she's like, mm, oh, I think I'm good. I don't need dessert. You you'd be really offended. That's a flaw too far. That's no. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> oh. oh my god, that's a show title. <laughs> if ever I heard one. <laughs> So then they talk about this tech who was making the mold for, where was it? Bra- no, it was tooth whitening stuff, right? That he's going to do because, yeah. of course, he's yeah. on TV now. And how she had a hard time getting the molds fitted. And she had to try several times and then finally get somebody else to come in and help her. And he said, it's no big deal. It was fine. And he's really glad that she wasn't embarrassed about it. And Andrew was really concerned about that, too. And again, I was concerned about the extra 20 minutes of trap music that he had to listen to. (laughs) Uh, We do not know how that person felt. Maybe she was not totally embarrassed (laughs) and just playing it off like it was nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, This is all just guys. Nobody cares about you that much. Um, Then there is discussion about Morgana, the kissing bandit and Luke's emerging sexuality that I refuse to talk about in any more detail than that. So you guys go for it. You tell everybody what Morgana, the kissing bandit means for you in your life and your sexual awakening. Bobby's too young, way too young for this. <laughs> yes, I am. Morgana was right, right up my age alley, uh, so to speak, as I was coming of age when she was a thing. But um, very early on, I identified uh, that kind of woman is not my type. And by not my type, I mean um, like half of her body weight in her boobs and bleach blonde and uh, a stripper. Um, just not my type. So I'm very anti-stripper. So There were... There were some people on the Stens page talking about, you know, what a charming story it was. And somebody found the documentary about her that they were talking about. But this mm-hmm. is just all kinds of weird. Yeah, I was this. very aware of her. She was a, quite a phenomenon in the 80s, um, 70s and 80s. But um, no, it's just um, 
and you know it was it was a fun thing for announcers and and fans or whatever it wasn't i don't think there was anybody sitting around whacking it to morgana as much as luke says that he did and just i don't believe it La 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 la. I'm okay, not well, listening to this conversation. All done. All done. All done. All done. Please let's go to the top story, which is sure. about Austin Rogers, the the villain question mark on Jeopardy. I don't know that anybody categorized him as a villain other than Luke, <laughs> but I wasn't that interested in reading any articles um, mm. because he's just not playing the jeopardy game i mean he's playing the actual game but he's not sort of following the conventions of how what a person acts on jeopardy in that he's a little, like a little awkward and, and a little a little out there and uh-huh. and tells a story about caddyshack and luke really likes him and he thinks that he's charming because of that uh he uh relates an interaction when Trebek says, when will this feel real? And the guy says, when I get a tax attorney, which I thought was a great line. Yeah, it was a good line. It was funny. And so... Because that is is for real. That's a real answer. That is a very real answer. Because like, oh, when I get the money and then I have to give some of it back. Because that's what I'd be thinking is like, how much of this fucking money do I have to give back? Yeah, when you win three quarters of a million dollars or whatever he ended up winning... I don't know. Yeah, that becomes that becomes a thing. You got to write and a big Andrew check. And, Andrew and Luke decides that he pisses Trebek off because number one, he's a bit of a showman, and number two, he says whatever a lot, which Trebek finds dismissive, I guess. And it's clearly just a vocal tick. And I, Trebek doesn't care. Trebek, Trebek doesn't dislike him. He knows he's that great is an for annoying ratings. vocal tick, though. You have to admit, yeah. that's kind of an annoying vocal tick. Trebek just is uptight by design. And as a person who mm-hmm. runs towards being uptight just by design, I understand that. Mm-hmm. He's not he's not mad at this guy. He's just a little bit stiff and he can't loosen up in order it's to an get uptight down on show. Austin's deal. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably the most uptight show on television that's not on PBS. Yeah. So you know, he's a perfect host for it. And, you know, when someone goes against the grain, he's going to he's going to be a little bit more uptight or whatever. I didn't I don't care for the guy that much either, just because I imagine myself being at a bar where he works and just be like, oh, this fucking guy. I've had yep. enough of him. But, like, uh, just, but just as far stop. as stop talking, stop talking. Yeah, right now. Exactly. Exactly. I think the important perspective here is to keep in mind just how normal all the other uh, Jeopardy guests always are. Right? Mm-hmm. This is the only guy who's right. not quirky. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And how scared how scared and nervous that they almost right. always are too. And right. he's just not scared, not nervous. And that probably why he's winning. Yep. Yeah. You know, not because I think I think there are probably a lot of contestants that are just as smart, but you know, they freeze up or whatever. But he's you know, he's clearly not a guy who will ever freeze up. Nope. Uh, Andrew thinks that he would probably choke if he was on Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably a good call. I think Andrew knows himself. Most of us would. Yes. Mm-hmm. Luke figures that he could maybe win one episode of Jeopardy, but then he could also, you know, lose five million bucks. To which I say, Luke, you can't lose money at Jeopardy. It's not actual gambling. <laughs> <laughs> you can't leave. You can't leave. We're gonna if shake you, you down. End up 
if you end up in the negative, they just put it to zero. They forgive Come it. on. Yeah, they forgive it. That's forgiven <laughs> You don't debt. have to pay them. Pretty good Stens thread. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a great Stens thread. That was really funny about Luke's perfect Jeopardy board. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, we knew it was going to get to this, didn't we? Andrew asks Luke a whole bunch of sample Jeopardy questions, and he does he does a pretty good job on those. We got uh, throw your phones on those. I mean, it's not useful to pick at Luke for every time he doesn't know a basic science fact because, come on, Jesus Creek, what do we expect? But they are pretty <laughs> funny. Uh, from Justina, she says, did Luke just say he should have known it was 2.54 centimeters per inch because cent means 100? Sometimes I just want to find his teachers from Jesus Creek and smack them upside the head. And then she sent another throw your phone a couple of minutes later. This is OMG. Now we're breathing carbon. Just shoot me now. Nope. Too late. He asked if the periodic table is chemistry. I'll be in the corner taking deep, calming breaths of carbon, apparently. I don't think any of his teachers are probably still alive because if they ever... You know, if they ever, like, tried to go on a vacation or a hike or anywhere more than five miles away from their house, they probably just walked off the end of the earth. Probably. I I, I understand. He was really busy in college taking Swedish and Swahili and all the other languages that start with SW, mostly to get to cute girls, right? So, but he had to take some sort of general science requirement, Right. Oh, no, I didn't have to take any science at UW. Really? Okay. No, there was no science requirement. And, and I, I was there 10 years before Luke, but, you know, there's a good chance that there still was none. If you had your basic science in high school, they didn't make you take any in college. Didn't you have core requirements? I mean, we did. Not you had to take science. a couple of semesters of science, a couple of semesters of English, some um, arts, and, you know. I well, you say science, but I think there was some looser term of it because I do I do remember I tried to take astronomy, which was a huge mistake, and I think I ended up taking like um, anthropology, which passed for whatever requirement they had, but it was not hardcore science. There was there was no um, there was no real science. You could avoid the science, and I'm sure he did the same thing too. Like take a physical anthropology course. Where they see you uh, at on the first day to get the to get the um, syllabus, they saw you at midterm and they saw you at the final, and you just read the lecture notes, memorized a bunch of stuff, and then forgot it the next day. But there was no there was nowhere where they would have taught me to um, how magnets work or what I was breathing. I'm just really disappointed. That's all I have to say. <laughs> um, yeah. And. I also did not take any science in college, but I, well, I, I took AP science classes in high school. So I cleared those hurdles before I got to college. you went to a really tough college. <laughs> you did. Yeah, but but I took it's astronomy okay to brag. for my science, and it was a four-credit class. It had a lab. Ugh. There was a lot of math. And I couldn't have dropped that, that thing fast enough. My chair, my chair was cartoon spinning. For, it was a night class, and I went. It was seven o'clock, and I think by seven o three, I was out. Of course, it was a fucking night class, Mike. When are you going to take astronomy during the day? Yeah, exactly. You could step outside. I thought it was a super fun class, but oh, nerd, nerd alert over here. I don't know. I just this is why we can't compete with Asia. Oh, true, true. That's I'm all. not saying it was right. I'm just saying I avoided it, and they enabled me. 
I also didn't take a single math class because I got a high school math class that had a college credit attached. I feel like I've learned more science watching Rick and Morty in the past like two months than I <laughs> learned my entire life. I need Meredith. I'm lonely for Meredith. Meredith, <laughs> where are you? I can't do this without you. Meredith's at her parents' houses. You know this. She's in Michigan. When's she coming back? She's, She's coming visiting back all eight week. of her dads. <laughs> all right. Luke tries again to get Andrew to skip emails. This is becoming something of a pattern where Andrew seems mm-hmm. willing to do the emails and Luke's like, eh, we don't have to, do we? Either that or Andrew's worried about Luke's time and he's like, do we have time for emails? It's all just a big email squeeze is what it is and I don't like it. But they do get to it today and there's an email from Brady about uh, Dave Matthews' residence in Wallingford. He still owns the house next to the Ladybug Roundabout, which I googled. That's kind of cool for a roundabout. And he shows up and buys coffee at Herkimer's every once in a while. And once a year or so, he comes and puts down $100 and buys coffee for everyone who's at Herkimer's, which is pretty nice. Although, come on, Dave. Why don't we make it a $1,000 bill next time? You're a rock Take star. Take care of the employees, Dave. Yep. Uh, then they somehow get into talk about, um, well, Andrew was sleep-deprived because he was working on some project, but even after he was finished, it was late. He still has to wind down and take some time to decompress and play Madden after he finishes all his editing stuff, uh, which is why he's so tired, I guess. I do the same thing. Um, Not always Madden. I bounce through different games on my phone. Right now it's 8-Ball Pool. Yeah, I I have that that one too. I haven't Uh, played it in a long time, but yeah, that's a good wind down. I actually prefer the nine ball game in the eight ball pool app, but uh, hmm. for a long time it was football, then baseball. I like the sports games in the you know pool because they're games I already know the rules to. I'm I'm not going to learn a game. I'm right. just going to play games I already know how they work. Um, but I'll lay in bed for half an hour or on the couch before I go up to bed for half an hour, just doing nothing but that because then you know you're not thinking anymore. That's all instincts. Yeah. Emily does that too. Yeah. Those and zit videos. Oh. (laughs) We get an email from Tracy about the whole Rick and Morty sauce fiasco. She actually went to one of the McDonald's to get the sauce for her brother, and they had been given only 70 packets, and they had a huge crowd. (laughs) 70 packets. She experienced this this failure firsthand, and Andrew says, was this actually a failure? And Luke says, no, because we're talking talking about McDonald's. I'm not sure if I was McDonald's that I'd want this kind of publicity, but I guess it worked for them. And then there's more talk about Morgana, and we all know how I feel about that. So we can go to Wednesday. All right, then. You're sure you don't want to talk about Morgana before we go to Wednesday? You know, I'm good. <laughs> I feel okay. I feel like we've explored the mysteries of Morgana thoroughly enough. <laughs> A lot of layers there. All right. Wednesday, 2487, The Rough and Rowdy Comedians of Yesteryear, which would make a great faux documentary title. Uh, it would. Luke wants us to know that during the intro for this episode, he ran for coffee and then ran back with the coffee like a 1950s finishing school drill. Without spilling any of it. I pictured more of the egg on the spoon um, ah, than the books yeah, on the head thought. or whatever. But, you know, same same deal. Uh, 
Andrew lets us know that instead of that and having to run for more coffee, he's just been bringing the whole coffee pot over to his workstation. So whatever works for you. This leads to a conversation about Andrew's Batman mug and then his Marvel tissue boxes, which I know is one of Mike's favorite things. <laughs> I will. Come I will, on. I will give Andrew credit for this. He has found something that he takes more joy out of for the same price that could have less joy. And so, uh, and Anne, I've been meaning to tell you the next bingo board, I think value add needs to be a bingo square. Mm, okay, here we go. Value add. List. Anytime they talk about something with value add or value added, I do the same thing with stamps because I mail a lot for work, not just occasionally, but like big mailing list things, hundreds of pieces at a time. And in the fundraising world, it's all about doing different things to get people to open your envelopes. So maybe you write your name in the corner or maybe you use blue ink instead of black or, you know, people give seminars on this crap in my world. Uh, I know what, what, what gets Emily to open an envelope. She likes the tears, you know, when the, when the envelope has tears on the end. Yeah. Ah. So you get that the thing purse, that looks like the, a pre like tears, like a government check, like yeah. a pre-printed pre-sealed check. And then you open it up and it's a, voucher for a car dealership offer yeah yeah, yeah. $35,000 cash this check now and then we'll own you forever yeah <laughs> um, we do things like that with different stamps at work um, mm -hmm. because if I'm going to buy you know 600 stamps I don't need to buy one you know the rolls of 100 American flag forever stamps you know I can buy something with big art on it or uh, you know I try not to pick things that are too polarizing. Like I'm not going to use Christmas stamps or um, mm -hmm. JFK stamps because God forbid I get someone who super Republican offended that I used a JFK stamp. But like um, it's it's a free upgrade to make your thing stand out in the mail more. So as much as right. I think it's ridiculous that Andrew's obsessed with these tissues, I'll give him credit for paying the dollar fifty for the box and getting one that he enjoys more versus one that he enjoys less. But, Bobby, you wrapped up your stamp talk in less than 45 minutes. Um, so I'll give you credit for talking about your boring your boring habit for less than 45 minutes. All right. Fair enough there. I Yeah, I get that. Uh, Luke threw out recently a tissue box cover that he made in fourth grade uh, with Mrs. Wharton, his third through fifth grade teacher, the same teacher who would eat an apple and then eat the core. Hmm. I have a friend that does that at work. He's vegan. I don't know if that plays into it. <laughs> He's, is he also, does he have like, um, like an Indian mentality? Is this the using every part of the Buffalo for a vegan? Oh, I, I, I don't think he thinks about it that much, but maybe. Yeah. Until you got to shit out a stem. <laughs> That's when you're thinking about it. As a child, I would have always been worried that there was an apple tree growing in my stomach. This was the exactly. same thing with you know, watermelon right. seeds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then as an adult, you think about, well, now I'm eating a piece of fucking wood, you know? So let's see how that's going to turn out. Uh, does this guy sit the near end, the... end game is there. Does this guy sit near the chick with the spoon that's slowly disintegrating one use at a time? <laughs> no, but... It's not like it's that big of an office. We're all in the soup together. Oof. What's your quirk? I wouldn't then? bake for those people. If, if you've got spoon chick and apple core guy, 
<laughs> are they are they on their podcast right now talking about uh, the yeah, talking babes? shit? Yeah, right. I don't. I don't know. I, I'm not quirky. What are you talking about? I hope they never find out about this show. And <laughs> I I Wait. will say the the person with the spoon. I had probably worked there for three years, and we had one of those Friday afternoons at about like three forty-five when everybody just abandons evening pretending to do any work, and we were hanging around. And for some reason, I did my Velociraptor impression, and she looked at me. And she said, "I thought you were normal, but you're really not, are you?" Uh, have you ever done this for us? Well, it's more of a visual thing. Oh, okay. Show picture? <laughs> no. No, remember, I had to guys, that you can always um, get us out of some jams at littleredbandwagon.com. And perhaps if you get us out of enough jams, we can start doing a video extra series. It'll just be all the condiments mm-hmm. in my fridge, followed by Anne's Velociraptor impression. And then me <laughs> toppling over in the driveway. All right, LRB video extras. Something to look forward to in 2018. For now, we've got a kaleidoscope of pop culture references in the middle of this episode. Let's see. We start with the scene from the movie Airplane where kids are acting like mature adults, which is classic. Always um, funny. Which is a conversation into Mel Brooks' anti-PC tweets, which I didn't break down too much, so I don't think we need to either. Except Norman Lear is apparently woke. He's very woke. Yeah, I just I heard mean, him on a political f- podcast. You give you give Norman Lear credit for that, and I. But I wish Luke would stop saying woke. Um, well, yes, yes. But I don't think you discredit someone at that age if they say some crazy shit. So I'm I'm like like gonna go negative on Mel Brooks. I'll go positive on Norman Lear. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're old as fuck. I mean, shit's gonna come out of your mouth. Now this is the. Shoot your mouth off on Twitter defense. This is not the Harvey Weinstein's just old school defense, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to defend Harvey Weinstein. Good. So this is the podcast that's definitively anti Harvey Weinstein at this point. And sure. you know, he's from my my alma mater. He got to start at UB, and so this is a devastating day for for us, realizing that we've you know helped create an asshole. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, Hari Kondabalu's, uh documentary about Apu from The Simpsons comes up next, speaking of being woke or not woke, when he realizes that the only character that represents his culture was the ridiculously stereotyped Apu character, and how all of us who watched The Simpsons for years and years never even realized just how terrible Apu Mm -hmm. is as a character. Uh, That led into a mention that Kumail Nanjiani, friend of TBTL, though it's been a while, uh, was going to be hosting SNL this weekend, and he did. We're recording on Sunday. I watched last night. Did you guys see it last night? Did I not. didn't. Um, the show was really mediocre, but um, Kumail's uh, monologue addressing racism, uh, among other things, was really, really funny. It was definitely like the the best few minutes of his stand-up material condensed down and, and executed really, really well. Um, so if you're going to watch one thing from SNL last night, from Saturday night, go watch Camille Nanjiani's uh, monologue. And Luke chased him down at a hotel once. I wish it had worked because it would be nice to get him back on the show. Yeah. 
Do we want to break oh, and down the, Luke's the big, awkward? The big sick is amazing. I, I've not seen the SNL appearance, but did see the big sick, and that was great. I actually haven't I seen that. the big sick yet. I, I need to get on that. Um, they also mentioned the W. Kamal Bell clip where he says on his podcast that his podcast is too beautiful to live. Yeah. I, I put that in the category of thinking that the dentist cares about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, everything's coming up Zach Rouse in this episode. He was the Friday 10 of the week in the newsletter, I think, a week ago. And then he was a donor and then he had an email. Um, but they don't actually get to his email. And this one, I, I don't think. They just mentioned that everything's coming up Zach Rouse. I'll add to that that Zach is actually the person we have to thank for that great Facebook thread about Luke yep. Jeopardy categories. Yeah, Rouse was on fire last week. Rouse, if you're a listener. Yeah, um, get at us. Let's get you on the show. Uh, and thank you for giving me a platform for my answer, my favorite answer, which was bands your daughter likes, which I think would be. <laughs> oh, also, um, good job on not having any unnecessary letters in your first name. I yeah. Like yeah. He's keeping it tight. Keeps it very tight, Zach. <laughs> uh, the top story, only 45 minutes into the show. Um, Andrew is completely unaware of these stories. Shocker. Mm-hmm. He's reading the emails, but not the stories. Uh, there's a glass pedestrian bridge in China that has an effect built into it that makes it look like it's shattering as you're walking under it. And people are just realizing or walking over it. And people are just realizing this is a bad idea. Did you see the yeah. video? It's No. It's something. It's something. It's, I think there are, there are a number of videos about it, but the, I think the one they were referencing was, was only like nine seconds long. And it's a guy that just absolutely freaks out when the glass, quote, cracks underneath him. And it's like scrabbling at the railing and falling down. And, and it's funny how your brain, even though you know in your brain that you're safe, there is some lizard part of you that just flips out when, uh, when it thinks you're in danger. Yeah, it's your internal velociraptor just comes out. Exactly. I don't know what the point of this is other than... To to, fuck with people's uncontrollable (laughs) fight or flight sense, yeah. Right. Um, I I mean, the Chinese government government is known for fucking with people, so I guess that's possible. Uh, When I was a kid, I remember going up to the top of the CN Tower for the first time in Toronto, which is, you know one of the world's tallest buildings i don't know what is now the top few but it's up there and they have the the classic sort of glass floor i don't know does the space needle have this too probably where you can walk out onto a part of the floor that's like foot thick glass and you can jump up and down on it and you're looking down so far that it messes with your perspective because you're sort of scaling in and out so quickly um, no, they, 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 there's no there's no fuck with people buildings in Seattle except for the the Columbia Tower, which I think might be the tallest building in Seattle. There are glass walls in one of the bathrooms. Oh, which yeah, is sure. strange. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then we get the astronaut Scott Kelly, uh, who has a new book out, and in it he talks about dumpster diving in space and his eyes burning from high CO two in the air which would be some real science talk, so that's probably why they glazed over it pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. Also, the horror story of a a Russian cosmonaut that became untethered and then, by the grace of something, bounced back toward the space station, was able to get back in, and a story that no one's really heard. I don't think it's going to stop people. 
Have we all become so bored of the idea of people being in space? Of course this stuff happens. It's yeah. fucking dangerous yeah. right. to be out in space. But that, that stuff doesn't interest me as much. I want to hear the, the gross stuff, like how do they go to the bathroom? Uh, <laughs> are they having sex up there? And I know this stuff has been documented a little bit here and there, but, you know, give me the good stuff. Jeremy just needs to curate all the all the fun and dirty content about space and just present it to us. I just want to know how much it's costing me. <laughs> and we go out with Tina Marie by Perry Como for reasons I forget, but um, why not? Um, because Andrew had exhausted all the sports um, <laughs> radio. <laughs> There were three right. sports radio stations he right. cycled through. They were all on commercial. And then so he was stuck with Pericoma. So then we were stuck with Pericoma. Yes. All right. Thursday, number 2488, Petty Power Trips of Pugnacious People. Bruce Campbell is going to be on Livewire this week for a repeat visit. Luke's pretty excited because he really likes Bruce, even though he's just not into that style of camp. I love Bruce Campbell. I will say that if you're going to watch one Bruce Campbell vehicle, you should watch Bubba Hotep about uh, an aged Elvis who breaks his hip and goes to the nursing home and uh, is chased by a mummy and has a pal who says that he's John F. Kennedy Jr., but that man is play that character is played by Ossie Davis, so the fact that he's black but still claims to be JFK is kind of confusing to people. Uh, it's a movie where, for the first 25 minutes, you're like, what is this? And then you're like, all right, I'm in. And then you watch the movie. When did that come out, Anne? I've never heard of it, but that sounds amazing. When did that come out? Is it an old it's, Oh, movie? it was years ago. I don't know, maybe 20 years ago or something. Okay. Uh, he's in a wheelchair for a lot of the movie. I think you'll relate to it, Mike. Yeah. He has to fight the mummy in a wheelchair. Lift your legs. Or with a walker. 2002. For okay, Bubba. 15 years 15 ago. Years. Yep. It's Anne's pick of the week, her stone cold lock of the week, Bubba Hotep. Bubba Hotep. You just got to make it through those first 25 minutes going, I don't understand. This is too weird. It sounds like and my then last it gets date. good. <laughs> um, okay, just I have to hold minutes? on to these I have to hold on to these happy thoughts while I start the next topic, which is that oh Luke got a backpack. So that he doesn't have to take his laptop out while going through security. It's a special laptop made of special material for fancy flyers like him. But he made the mistake of putting a shirt and his Bruce Campbell book on top of it. And the TSA guy said that he had to take it out. And so they searched his bag. And the guy who searched his bag was clearly on a power trip. He was not chill, Luke says. And Lucas was very upset because this guy messed up his intricate packing job because now he's down to just a backpack for his trips to Portland. And he says, quote, he could have been much more cursory about the search. And I said, OK, that's great, because that's what you want in your security people is for them to be cursory. Come on, Luke. <laughs> when you interview for the job, it's important to tell them that. Uh, I'm a very cursory person. I don't. Yep. You know. I'm pretty much going to do it a half-ass job as long <laughs> as it's a middle-aged white guy. No problem. Yeah. 
for God's sake. In fact, I think there was a throw your, yes, there was a throw your phone moment on this from Tyler, who says, throwing my phone at Luke's griping that since he's not a terrorist, he shouldn't be subject to regular TSA regulations and should just be able to roll up to Bellingham Airport 15 minutes before departure and breeze through security. Also, his and Andrew's general dismissive attitude to the idea of having their carry-on bags full of electronic equipment searched at the TSA checkpoint. The good news is that the world has created a special solution just for people like them called checked luggage. That is true, Luke. (laughs) People would not mess with your packing job if you just checked it. But they would be tossing around electronics. This This is just part of your job. And so you need to get down with this and find some sort of acceptance because you can't get around this no matter how much you try. No matter the fact that there's nobody at the Bellingham airport or that you think that they must know who you are, even though the mean security guard says he's never seen you there before or whatever other privilege you're claiming, you just you just got to fall in line. You know, let it happen. Just lay back and enjoy it like the rest of us. And it'll be over soon, right? So this security guy told Luke that he should get to the airport three hours early if he wanted to make sure. That was the funniest sure. thing I heard <laughs> all week. What an image. And uh, I'm sure and, it's and locked. I'm sure it's locked at three in the morning. There's no flights. There's nothing. I mean, they got to lock yeah. it up sometime, right? I, I mean, this guy sounds great, but you... You got to know not to engage with a petty tyrant on a power trip. It's just, you're never going to work, especially uh, when you can risk being taken to TSA jail over it. Just, you get nicer. The weirder and the more fucked up it gets, the nicer you should get. Just Mm -hmm. kill him. Just kill him with a smile. It's like, okay, all right, we're doing this. And I know that I shouldn't compare myself to Luke because he travels a hundred times more. Mm than I do, but I have never had any kind of negative interaction with any TSA person because I don't try to get around their stupid rules. Yes, they're Mm -hmm. stupid, but what what am I going to do? Yep. Argue with them? So I I just, he's nuts. I just am imagining um, between the TSA pre-check line and the regular line, a line labeled, I say I'm not a terrorist. (laughs) Just just cruise through. Right. No, no problem. Yeah. Don't take your shoes off. Don't open your bag. You'll be fine. So Andrew, of course, is livid because he is so sensitive to these kinds of interactions. And he wants the tens to come up with some sort of list of, of snarky clapbacks, essentially, that won't get you thrown in TSA jail. So you can release your feelings without risking getting in trouble. And he, has, he has, says he has that really rageful feeling that, that you have when somebody is awful to you and you have no recourse. And that's what therapy is for. And speaking of therapy, Luke feels pretty good about himself that he didn't go to the base insults. He didn't say anything nasty about the guy's appearance or how much money he makes or anything. And he, he thinks that this shows his growth. And I would say that that's true. That's probably an indicator that you've made some sort of progress. Yeah. Good job, he- Luke. He cut the poor, ugly bastard to break. <laughs> I have I mean, Luke's. Uh, I have Luke's quote. At least I think this is a direct quote. I think I wrote this down word for word. Quote: 
I didn't unload on the guy, and even moments later, I was kind of glad I didn't unload on the guy. So he was kind of not glad, too? Yeah, exactly. Um, I've had a, a situation that this reminded me of, and I can't remember if I've brought it up here or not before, but there was a time when my mother and I were going to Canada, and I was driving, so I was probably in college, and she was in the passenger seat. And we were going through the checkpoint. I can't remember if we were going into Canada or back into the U.S. Now, they're generally much bigger dicks coming back into the U.S. than they are going to Canada. Because Canada's just glad that you might spend some of your money there. Um, and we're coming through the sort of toll plaza security setup. And my mother's wearing sunglasses. And she's got a magazine in her lap. And she's completely not paying attention. And I've asked her several times like hey could you take the shades off just pay you know because i know that they don't like that they make it very clear when you come up you you know they want you presentable and that and i think this was before they had the things that scan your passport before you even get to the window and it's much more sophisticated now but we roll up to the window and i look up and she the it's a woman in the kiosk and she's wearing like the full kevlar over her uniform and she's got a giant um, you know, giant gun with her, like more than normal for them. And she asks my nationality. I say, I'm American. And my mom doesn't look up. And then she yells over me, I need your nationality. And my mom looks up and starts yelling at her for yelling at her. My oh, mom's yelling no. back at this woman for yelling at her. And this woman just pierces with her eyes and says, you need to take your sunglasses off. You need to pay attention to me. You need to do that right now. And then she sort of taps the, the big gun on her shoulder. And wow. my mother starts yelling and yelling. And I finally just looked at her and I was like, you need to stop. You need to stop right now. And so this is a classic thing with my mother where she'll get over upset with someone she thinks is disrespecting her. And I just said, I warned you about this. They're not fucking around <laughs> at the border. And and the TSA is the same way. You know, most of them kind of get the reality of it being a theater. But you're going to get someone who is real high and mighty on their job. And, and you are not in a position to negotiate with them. <laughs> you just have to roll They've got a duplication it. investigation to do and they're going to do <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. The last thing I want to do is get dragged into a Border Patrol immigration room because this person's having a bad day. And... Mm. You know, they were probably on high alert for something unrelated to us. And my mom pissing this woman off just was not. not the I've right been move. turned back twice at the Canadian border, but neither time did I get dragged into a room because both times I was like, yes, sir. No, sir. Yep. No. Yeah. I'll, I'll gladly get the fuck out of your country. You just turn me around. Yeah. And I've I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want no trouble. Uh, I've told the story of our car breaking down over the bridge back into the United States, and they were actually very nice and helpful and friendly. And for the most part, they're normal, nice people. But, like, mm -hmm. you don't know what the bigger picture is. They could have just gotten some authority alert thing. You know, just they're all cracking down on laptops now. I have TSA PreCheck, and I still have to take my laptop out on the leg going to Aruba because they're extra paranoid about laptop batteries right now. And so you just, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, I know. We know Luke's not a terrorist, probably, but that guy doesn't know anything. So anyway, clearly, there you go. Family story <laughs> again, again, Luke. It's not about you. It's not about you, right? I don't know how many more 
ways I can say it. Um, let's see. A more fun top story is that Luke has become aware that Susie Burbank has joined the Stens page on Facebook, and she posted what I'm characterizing as a mom-style message to directly to Luke on there, which I thought was really cute and really funny. So they decide they're going to call her to get to the bottom of why she's doing this and she says that she really she wants to be close to luke and he's not participating in the hawk squad text chain right now so she thought that the stents page would be the next best option i guess i question some of her logic in this well Uh, let let me just say let me just say that that um she by joining facebook she is now as close to Luke as my mom is to me and my mom has been dead for 12 years I think so uh not a not not a spot she's not in the right spot no no not exactly but the other reason is that uh Walter was mentioning something on the Stens page because he's mm-hmm. been a member for a while for like yeah. six months or a year mm-hmm. or something he's chimed that, in a co- he, couple times yeah he commented on something about Lord of the Rings um as I would expect and Susie was like oh the Stens page. That might be fun. And and she's liked the tens that she's met and she thinks that we're all very nice people and she wants to interact more. And I think that that is absolutely sweet and lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew says, now, of course, now that mom's on the page, everybody has to be on their best behavior. <laughs> Um, and she she was talking about how nice it was that some of the the tens who own a Starbucks franchise got David a job and and um, and then it's all just a nice place to hang out. Um, she gets a little worried that that Luke wants her to not not be on the tens page, and he says, "No, no, you just just please don't listen to the show. You're welcome to be on mm-hmm. chat on the Facebook page, but please just don't listen to the show." And she says that she. She probably won't. And then he talks a little after she hangs up, I think, about um, sometimes there are people who are like micro celebrities, celebrities in the TBTL universe who have come into proximity with the fans and how that's kind of a a thing that they have to adjust to or a little bit strange and how, you know, a person, some person took advantage of that, took advantage of that micro celebrity um, and we all know he's talking about the mummy, right? Mm-hmm. Just between some, all of us. Some unnamed totally. person looking for a backyard to build a quote-unquote tiny house in. <laughs> some quote, I, unnamed person who wants you yes. to come to his bluegrass karaoke show. Mm-hmm. Some unnamed person that might have scammed a few lady tens into hooking up with him, I believe. Ugh. And might have brought over some cheap vodka and replaced um, some of Luke's expensive vodka with said cheap vodka. Mm -hmm. For example, I mean, (laughs) this is just a a random, random thought of a person that might do something like that. Yep. Um, Then they get to the end of this show, but they want to make sure they include this story that Stu sent in about the arcade Phelan Legion, where the Minnesota live show was. And there was a brawl of 150 to 200 people uh, in the parking lot. And Andrew says if this fight had happened before the live show, that um, APM probably wouldn't have allowed them to have it there. 
because of lawyers. Seems very un Minnesota, Anne. Don't mess a with bra Minnesotans, like that. Mike. That's all I'm well, saying. Well, was it like a taste great, less filling situation? What? Who knows? I don't know any of the specifics, but I will say to Andrew's point about them not being allowed to hold the show there if it had taken place before that, two people were shot outside the Legion one month before the live show took place. Oh. So it's not a good neighborhood. <laughs> I They chose to have the show there, but it's not a good place to hang out at night, frankly. Uh, and it was also robbed a couple of weeks ago. A guy with a gun came in, and I think he got like $2,000 or something. Nice. I don't That's know. That's a lot of heggies. Yep. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm it surprised is. they put that um, put that number out in the media because that makes that makes uh, potential robbers like, hey, American Legion. That's right. not a bad place to rob. Yeah. I don't know how long that American Legion is going to survive. There aren't I, That might be the only one left in St. Paul, and I think membership is way down. So we'll see. I mean, they may be on borrowed time. And then Luke and Andrew can rhapsodize about how wonderful it was there. And then they uh, they skip emails again, and that's the end of the show. Mm-hmm. On a Friday, 2489, Apucci in a world full of Flanders. They only said Flanders. Flanders is, is. We start with Stupid coffee, lover. It's been a while. Ugh. <laughs> God, I hate that. Am I the only one? Uh, I'm appealing to the listeners again. Am I the only <laughs> one who hates that so much? The thing is, he doesn't have a terrible natural voice. Like, he's got but potential as a singer, but he doesn't really exactly have a tune for that song. Like, well, it's all affectation. Songs will go into my brain and then they'll come out and I'll sing them. And for all the times that they've played Coffee Lover, I can't get that tune in my brain because it doesn't yeah. really exist. <laughs> it it sounds like a Zach Galifianakis bit to me. Like, it sounds like something that he would be a character in a movie who does this. Yeah. Yeah. It It reminds me of like a four-year-old kid who you know, just sings, sing talks, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I don't, that's, that's fine if it is a four-year-old kid, but this is an adult. So mm-hmm. this is a grown, no, thank you. A grown man, Panthers fan. I uh, do find that lyric about mom put the coffee on to be very strange. Particularly, Does he live with his mother? <laughs> Does he call his wife mom? It's particularly mm. grating, especially because his voice hits a really weird spot when he goes, well, I'm not going to do it, but he gets mom. I'm not sure I could mm-hmm. recreate that moment. Uh, so Luke is still in Portland for the second week in a row. He's tried to get out the same night he went in for Livewire, and he failed at leaving uh, for reasons mostly out of his control. But the story follows on that. Uh, the guys talk a little bit about the song stylings of Ken Woodley uh, and invent the band Lincoln Biscuit, which I noted because... Which I will never listen to, let me tell you that. <laughs> There's probably some... It's a nice amalgamation. There. Yeah. Uh, Luke is in the hotel room and he's making tea instead of coffee um, and he burns himself while in the process of making tea. Uh, he also calls Andrew a power tea bottom... Which I'm sure in his mind is indirectly what? quoting It's Always Sunny, but it really didn't translate. 
Um, yeah, just mentioning that for anyone who appreciates that he called Andrew a power T bottom. Uh, during the Dazzling Donors section, we learned that Ballard is cool now uh, and that Andrew hates fancy charcuterie. Uh, then they play tape of a comedian whose name I missed and didn't bother to go back in here. But that's really actually too bad because the bit, uh, well, it got a little rough in spots. It started out with a pretty good premise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mike, Ballard is cool now. When's the last time you went to Ballard? <clears throat> uh, I've, I've lived in Ballard or on top of ballard and crown hill the neighborhood that sits above ballard um and and at the time and for a long time yeah ballard was just not cool in fact they used to make fun of it on almost live with um ballard driving school where it would be um and they'd get in the car with the old person that was trying to get their driver's license and they would say okay now open the door and 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 put your put your seat put your seatbelt out you know, to drag along the ground and, and now we're, now we're pulling out on the road, turn your turn signal on for no reason and leave it on for, you know, leave it on for the rest of the time you're driving. I mean, it was like a, it was an old Scandinavian, um, part of town, but it is super hipster now because all those people died, which is a sad story, but. Well, that, that happens after time as time goes on. I mean, yeah. it's a sad story, but it's also just the circle of life. Absolutely. Um, I was because I I think I've had drinks and brunch in Ballard when one visit in yeah. Seattle, so that doesn't surprise me at all. And it's it's a very close in neighborhood to Seattle, so um, the houses price everyone but the hipsters out. So. Right. On to our top story from Friday: "Quote how Luke became the coolest guy ever." No. Nope. So this is some breaking news. Um, <laughs> For the people on the Stents page who feel like uh, TBTL has gotten too tight and is focusing too much on current events, I give you Friday's top story. Um, <laughs> so Lucas rushed back to the Portland airport to try to get home. He rushes through to find out that his flight is delayed. So he heads to the Alaska Lounge for some free cheese cube bowls and a drink. Uh, first, he decides he's got his skateboard with him, so he's going to stick it to the business stiffs in the Alaska Airlines lounge by showing off the fact that he's young and hip and cool, but still belongs in the lounge. He comes in with the skateboard. <sighs> he gets what he perceives as side eye because he assumes everyone in the lounge is paying attention to him. And then to prove to them that he belongs there, he puts his finger on the finger scanner that shows that he is an indeed Alaska Airlines VIP. Even if he weren't, I mean, you're so cool with your skateboard, they would probably let you in. <laughs> can I can I raise this poochie question that I have? Sure. Because I haven't watched The Simpsons in like a million years. But Poochie is lame. Yes. Right? Yes. Right. The whole thing is that Itchy and Scratchy is getting, I don't know, well-worn or the suits mm -hmm. at the network feel that they need a young and hip character to make it cool. Yeah. So they bring in Poochie. He's a cousin so, Oliver dog skateboard. Yeah. Her. So when Andrew says that Luke is a Poochie in a world full of Flanders, that's a slam on Luke, isn't it? I don't think well, he meant it that way, but but it it definitely is. I mean, that's yeah. that's the reality of it. I think he was just thinking of... Um, you know, I think he's so Simpsons obsessed. He only knows, um, one 
skateboard reference, and that's Poochie. Right? <laughs> I mean, who else? Tony Hawk, I guess you could. Yeah. Who else has because more than t- two skateboard references at hand? I I totally agree that Luke is being a Poochie in that yeah, this he is, is lame. so lame yes. and trying so hard to be cool. And the harder he tries, the more his lameness shows. So he's, um, he's a Poochie, I know literally. I said this. Yes, yeah, he is. He's an Apple Watch and a Poochie. So, what? <laughs> I I know I've talked before about his um his travel misadventures and how um I didn't want to put words in in y'all's mouths, but I actively root against him in a lot of I these do too. adventures. Are we terrible people? Are we terrible people that I want his travel plans to fail so desperately? And I so want him to fall off that skateboard in a very embarrassing way. Not not to where he's debilitated and it hurts his ability to make money or make love to his woman, but but I want him to fall. Embarrassing. Let's remember what's what's important that he be able to make love to his woman. Like like maybe go through the glass wall at the sports bar in the Portland airport. Sure. Sure. Just oh, some minor so scratches, terrible. cuts and bruises. I'm a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not alone there. We are rooting we're all rooting against We're him, all right? in this together, Ann. Don't worry about it. Uh he goes to the bar in the lounge where he gets free alcohol beverages and he really If only he went through the through the <laughs> Through the glass wall of yeah. that bar. And he wants a drink. He wants a vodka drink. But they do not have vodka drinks because they only have beer mine at the Portland Lounge Bar. He asks, They have cider drinks, yeah. but no vodka drinks. <laughs> Let's not go there right now. Although, the era in which that song came out was probably the last era in which he could legitimately be caught on a skateboard. Um. There is a bar left open in the airport, but it won't be open much longer. And the bartender allegedly says to him, quote, you can get there if you skateboard. I don't believe this story. I don't believe it. This is very similar to a gate agent who once told him he could make it if he ran. And he had a crisis about whether or not he wanted to be a guy who runs through the airport. No crisis. About that, whether story or not- I, yeah. that story I believed in a way. Yeah. But no crisis about if he's going to be the guy who skateboards. He apparently does the math in his head, thinks about the route, uh, knows that it's all slight downgrade on low pile carpet. So he's good. And he gets to yeah, the Yeah, there bar. is some really ugly ass low pile carpet in that Portland airport. I'm proud of it. Too. I have it's seen weird. pictures of it. Yes, because of people post it because they're so proud of it. Uh, turns out that that flight was delayed by another flat tire and it ends up that they don't even end up going. So he ends up having to go back to the hotel after all this. A um, couple of other notes from this story. Skateboard to Vodka Town is uh, Luke's memoir title or something mm-hmm. that comes up. Uh, and during telling of this story, half an hour into the show, Luke casually mentions to Andrew that his next option for getting home boards in 45 minutes. So he might try to make that one. Just to make Andrew nuts. I mean, I think sometimes he just throws that in there just because he knows Andrew's sweat will start dripping down Andrew's back. Yes. Mm-hmm. I do just want to say, if you like to skateboard, then more power to you. I am not against skateboards at all. I am against Luke getting a skateboard because he thinks it makes him look cool. 
If he was truly okay. just doing this for the joy of it, I mean, I, Mike, yeah. you may not feel this way. I'm getting the sense that you have a different opinion. But I just want to say to all our skateboard-loving wagoneers, you go on with your bad self and skateboard, but you don't look cool, and please don't do it because of that reason. <laughs> well, the only person who listens to this show who could really pull off a skateboard is Aiden. And he's yes. busy. Oh, yeah. He's busy with his hoverboard. He doesn't need this technology of the last that. century. If he decides to go retro, right? Then yeah. All right, Dan. I'm with you. Uh, we get an email frenzy, which I love only because I love the email frenzy intro. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I have at times in the past lobbied for an email frenzy, and it has not happened. I was glad that it happened today. Uh, although it wasn't that much of a frenzy because each email or voicemail is interjected with an extended commentary of Luke and Andrew that's only semi-related. Right. Uh, yeah, the only difference between doing emails and the email frenzy is that they play music in front of the email frenzy. It's <laughs> good music. Uh, voicemail from a listener who sat next to an arguing couple on a plane who were passing notes with their anger back and forth through the whole flight in a notepad. <laughs> Super passive-aggressive concept. <laughs> You bitch! And just pass it over. Uh, the interjection here is that Luke references on a flight how you should be watching Burn Notice on TBS. Wrong. Burn Notice was a USA Network property. Thank you. I've seen every oh, episode. Of I don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> then they talk about the Michael Weatherly character, Bull, and how he, quote, advises jurors. Not true. He advises defense attorneys. On jurors, I have not seen a single episode of Bull. We're not going down that road. Uh, then they. Well, refer- I don't even know what it is. It's it's a it's a Michael Weatherly vehicle that airs right after NCIS. So the people who love Michael Weatherly, but I don't even know who Michael Weatherly is. That's how that's how bad it. <laughs> he was a charming, that's how removed, I charming special agent on NCIS for many years. Uh, is it now? At least I've heard of NCIS. <laughs> see, there you go. It is America's number one watch drama thank you oh yeah most watched and i'm in the i'm in the demographic i probably should you probably should uh you've got 15 seasons you can catch up on so there's plenty there (laughs) oh my god what a nightmare (laughs) uh and then they mentioned jeremy the new jeremy piven project wisdom of the crowd where crime uh will be crowdsourced um i thought that wisdom of the crowd would would be the solution to you know what happened to jeremy piven you know, whatever happened to Jeremy Piven? <laughs> well, the wisdom of the crowd. Hey, I loved the movie PCU. So, yeah, it was oh, good lord. <laughs> PCU. He was, was a good minor character in a lot of John Cusack yeah, movies. Yeah, he makes a really good best friend character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, then we get another email. This is the twenty dollars sandwich email. If you're looking to perhaps tip your way into a better room or, or bribe, if you will, uh, you sandwich mm-hmm. a 20 between your license and your credit card because you have to hand those things over at the front desk when you arrive. The flaw that I see in this, um, and it, not that it's not worth trying, is that so many times now when I check in, and I travel fairly often, uh, as listeners know, because I like to try to host from different places, Um they often have your room ready, especially if you get there later in the day. They've already printed out your crap and made your room keys and just tucked them into a, mm. 
a sleeve True. and they just handed it to you when you came in. So I think you've got to get there pretty early in the day for this to work. Um, right. All the rooms are open and right. game on. So if I remember correctly, I'm going to be at a Sheridan uh, in the suburbs of St. Louis next weekend. I still can't stay at a Sheridan given my experience because I had to, I had to stay in, in Sheridan for so many years. <laughs> I'm, I'm shell shocked and I refuse to book a Sheridan. I'm just hoping that I get there in time to go out on the yard before they put me in for the night. <laughs> right. Get a little, get out to the weight pile and yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the business center is just a couple of typewriters. It's very awkward. <laughs> right, right, right. Some pencils. So I think I'm getting in fairly early uh, next Saturday. I will I will try this if it seems appropriate. I don't want to promise 100% because, you know, there's a lot of awkwardness. And if it's clearly not going to happen, if I see everybody getting their stuff pre-handed to them, I don't. I'll I'll take the mm-hmm. temperature of it, but I will try this. I've never done this before, and you guys know I me. Like it. I, I do the chocolates uh, on flights. I, I'm a, an aggressive tipper in general, anyway, because I think my general thought is anyone who's working hard or anyone who who obviously does not make a ton of money and probably gets screwed by people who don't tip. I just like to balance out the bad people in the world. So, hell, why not? Um, you know, I assume that the front desk staff at a hotel like this don't get tipped very often. Um, mm-hmm. I will mention one more Aruba moment, which is that I we stayed at the uh, Renaissance uh, Resort, and you know, there's there's a certain amount of tipping, but it's also not American, so there's some less tipping. There's a service charge built into the food all there, and I tend to over tip on top of the service charge. But at one point, I called down to get a couple of. Uh, wine glasses brought up to the room because Sam and I had found a bottle of Pape wine, Chateau Neuf du Pape wine uh, at duty free. Mm-hmm. And we were going to celebrate by drinking it. Um, and I had a couple of ones ready to tip the housekeeper or staff, or I don't know who they were, who brought up the wine glasses. And this woman was literally just stunned that I handed her two bucks when she brought me up some wine glasses. Look, like you did a service you know, an above and beyond service. You brought me up something. I didn't order food. We didn't buy anything. I just asked for a couple of mm-hmm. wine glasses. She was sort of just taken aback that I gave her money. We had a <clears throat> a proud moment a couple of days ago. Cullen um, has moved into his own apartment and he purchased a mattress and um, he volunteered the information that he had tipped the uh, the person that delivered his mattress. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've taught him well. We're both we're both pretty excessive tippers, Emily and I are, and it's been kind of a long journey with Cullen trying to get him on board <clears throat> with that because he is extremely um, careful with his money. Yeah, uh, but but uh, yeah, we're really proud of him. Well, tipping is the cost of doing business. Tipping is what you do when people in an industry that is probably overworked and underpaid deliver well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke tells a story about Bruce Campbell on stage giving him a $5 bill after complimenting him. Uh, and then Luke forgot to give it back. So he had Bruce Campbell's $5 and he's wondering if Bruce Campbell might have wanted that back or not. Good transition from the burn notice conversation, actually, since that's uh, an excellent Bruce Campbell appearance. He's a regular character on that show. Any transition away from burn notices, <laughs> at least for me. <laughs> 
a good transition. I watched the entire series. I still don't know quite what a burn notice is, but that's okay. Um, isn't that isn't that when when uh, their your cover's blown? Yes. Like your yeah yeah yeah. Uh, he gave the five dollars to the drummer in the band, I guess, and said, "This is Bruce Campbell's five dollars." After the drummer complimented him, so he's hoping to start a compliment chain where people pay for compliments. I, I think if cute. you ever see a mummy, just just slap it, slap it on the, you know, get some glue and slap it on top of that mummy. Bring it on home. I thought Andrew was right on with this. That he needs to get Bruce Campbell's email address and say, "By the way, I'm sorry that I still have your five bucks. Yeah. I'll give it back to you. Did for it. Right. Back. I don't Interest, care like how five dollars and forty four cents. I don't care how rich Bruce Campbell was. That's his money that you took. You need to make some sort of effort to make contact with him over it. Also, and, and everybody likes like, well, getting money in the mail. Cash in the mail is is amazing. That's why people fill out Nielsen ratings. Yep. Or or he says, "Hey, next time you're on live wire, I'll buy you a drink." Something like that. There but he go. needs to acknowledge it. Uh, Come skate down to the bar with me and we'll we'll get a drink. Also, this is an excuse to interact with a celebrity. Like, mm-hmm. that's a no-brainer. Sure. Anytime you have, like, a timely reason to make a connection you otherwise couldn't make, of course, mm-hmm. you might make a new friend. This could be our next Misha Collins. Maybe Bruce Campbell will want to tour the smelting plant in Bellingham. <laughs> like, I don't even – I probably wouldn't even – feel like i had to go to the bathroom but if i saw chris hayes duck into the bathroom i'm gonna go sit next to him in the stall you know absolutely little small talk time to talk maybe swipe the toilet paper from his stall first so that he needs you because then you're really in a spot yeah yeah now we're chatting now we're now we're making a connection uh email sharpshoot jack ryan was the republican candidate in Illinois, that Barack Obama would have that was gone a good sharp against. shot, yes, sharp shooting. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Luke's only mistold that seven of nine story a dozen times. Uh, also, he keeps saying Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Trek. It's Star Trek Voyager for seven of nine. So if you didn't watch that mm. far flung, you know, split off of the Star the Star Trek tree, is that the lesser of all the? Star Trek. I'm sure that if I say it is or isn't, there will be a faction that will be really <laughs> I'm going to get you in trouble. <laughs> you'd be in more trouble than me for not knowing. You know, I remember the early for having an opinion. You're going to be in more trouble than than I am for not knowing anything. I grew up in a Trekkie household. I watched all of the Next Generation, and I've gone back and rewatched. If the reruns come out, I'll sit and watch Next Generation. Um, we, you know, I've seen my fair share of Deep Space Nine and Voyager, but I, I wouldn't say any of them hold a candle to the next generation or the original series. Mm-hmm. Now the real argument is who was the better captain and which was the better series between the first two. Oh, months. let's not go back into that. <laughs> <laughs> That's an unwinnable argument. Right. They need to arm wrestle for that. <laughs> uh, and then we get a voicemail of another drunk TBTL slowed down. Never. I never get enough of that. It's always <laughs> the greatest thing. Uh, music for your weekend. Andrew brings XTC earn enough for us. Luke brings, I believe, again, this is probably the second time recently he's brought a Courtney Barnett and Kurt Vile song, this time Blue Cheese. And Leah brings the Bell Brigade with Where Not to Look for Freedom. And we also get a fun fact about Leah. She's a backpacker who recently had No Mountain Too Tall tattooed on herself, uh, which leads to a call for TBTL tattoos. So if you have TBTL, TBTL tattoos, take a picture if it's appropriate, I guess, or, or not, hey, why not make Andrew's week and send it to andrew at tbtl.net. 
Um, what if we did a whole bunch of fake ones? What if we <laughs> just sharpied up a bunch of tattoos and all sent them in? And so it would be like, oh, my God, 80 people have TBTL tattoos. That would be awesome. Like if somebody just got the words hot dog story tattooed on them with Sharpie and then send it in. Or... <laughs> I, I I should send in. And, you know, Andrew sent me a message the other day because um, Emily published a picture on her Facebook page that showed my other missing leg and he wasn't aware that, uh, that I had lost my other leg. And so he sent me a message saying, am I crazy or have you lost your other leg? Um, I should send him a picture of like my leg with a tattoo on it and say, no, psych. (laughs) Still have the leg, got a TBTL tattoo. I like it. You just sent it out for the tattoo and now it's back. (laughs) Right. I screwed it back on. Uh, housekeeping, buy stuff from us, please. LittleRedBandwagon.com. Check out the merch. Um, to- God, you don't have to sound so desperate, Bobby. <laughs> but I, I am. Uh, Christmas is coming. All of the other associated and unassociated winter holidays are coming. You probably know somebody with a birthday coming up who likes Little Red Bandwagon. Go get the merch. Um, and actually, I'll peel back the curtain a little bit and say we have a quote-unquote quarterly meeting coming up if we can ever find the time to do it of all of us LRB people. And one of my goals for that meeting is to get the zipper hoodie in the merch store. Um, the one oh, that- I thought you were going to say one of your goals was to have it to have it offsite, offsite and funded. You know, yeah, like- yeah exactly. Um, we're having uh, well, the LRB delegation is going to be traveling to New Orleans, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we need you to buy some merch so that we can hit Bourbon Street. Yeah. Now, uh, <clears throat> we're going to be. Uh, trying to probably come up with the next round of merch and stuff. And I know Christy had the uh, sample of the zipper hoodie on at the uh, LRB picnic and everybody loved it. And I really, really want one. So I'm hoping we can get that up and running. The archive project keeps plugging along because these idiots keep making more shows. So please join us there. Um, We haven't done a wagon full of loot in a while. And in fact, we have one that still needs to go out to someone. Um, But I'm sure we're going to come up with new incentives for that uh, in the coming months as well. Amazon.com for your crazy straws and anything else at littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. Our don't, buy any, at... don't buy any fucking crazy straws. Don't. don't. I want some. Mike, Somebody buy me some crazy straws. Mike, I'll take their money. I'm not going to. You do it any way you need to do it to make it happen. Uh, our oh, friends have over... some dignity, people. Would you please let me plug earbuds and earworms, damn it? <laughs> sure. Sorry. Our friends Sorry, over earbuds and earworms. Had a special guest, uh, Jawa Horn, on their latest episode. It's very charming and cute. I listened to it this morning after dropping Sam off uh, at her thing uh, on my way to record this. So Jawa Horn on E&E. And, of course, if you missed the one before that, that was a really great one with me on it. So make sure you listen to that, too. And It, it is a nice, relaxing way to spend a Sunday morning. Just throw that on. Yeah. I will say that. Uh, and then send us your favorite clips for the end of your shows. That's another thing that's going to get discussed in our quarterly meeting how we can get out of doing too much work in december so um send those in and if you would like to get involved with the show please visit our website at littleredbandwagon.com or send your comments about tbtl to throwyourphone.com those are comments both good and bad you can check out our Facebook page. We hang around there. We're pretty fast on the responses if you have questions or comments, or you can always come over and jump on in on the sense page, and we're hanging around there too. Uh, the show's Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. 
Or you can leave us a voicemail or text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And with that, Bobby, do you want to get us out of here? Sure. Until next time, this is The Next Party. We love you, Jen, and welcome aboard, Susie. Nailed it. Pies. Oh, what is in these pies? Uh, they are black bottom oatmeal pies. So they're like pecan pies, but with oatmeal instead of, uh, excuse me, Mike, pecans. Pecan. So no pecans, just oatmeal. And then there's a layer of chocolate ganache at the bottom. Oh, you're really after Emily with the ganache. <laughs> pecans and ganache are two of her favorite things. No, but no pecans. No pecans. It's a pecan pie, but with oatmeal instead of pecans. Oh. Huh. <laughs> I would eat that I'd, for sure. I'd eat it. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Uh, I didn't know there was a pecan shortage. There isn't. But I have made this yeah. one before, and my coworker liked it so much. It was two years ago, and she took a picture, and it mm. came up on her Facebook feed. And she said, remember <laughs> that black bottom oatmeal uh, pie? Will you make that I again? Knew that, I knew that, I knew that, uh, that uh, feature was good for something. <laughs>